0: so we're in a series called what called what it's called this is us and for seven weeks prior to this we preached on we give this is us we give we preached on this is us we give first we preached we love we preached we connect we preached we have favor somebody got favor shout amen we preach that we praise. Y'all remember that when we t- when the, pro- the folks broke out in here with a praise like they ain't praised in a long time? Somebody shout in this house. We're going to praise God. And then, of course, last week we talked about being planted. Look at somebody tell them bloom where you planted. But how many knows you can't bloom until you get planted? I said you can't bloom until you get planted. And it starts with a seed, praise God. But today, I want you to know that today is, this is us, we believe. Somebody say, we believe. believe. See, here's the bottom line. You better know what you believe in this day and age. Because there's a lot of people in this church, and Pastor Sandy uh, began to speak about it during worship today, that we are in a time today where not only is our freedom being eroded, not only is our opportunity uh, to worship under fire and probably people are the wheels are set in motion trying to take away our right to worship God freely in this country in fact C leaned over to me when you were talking and said that is so true pastor he said do you know that in 52 countries right now that if we did what we just did we would be put in prison or killed 52 countries will not allow you to do what we are doing right now publicly you say well those are third world countries those are over there those are over there let me tell you something it's coming here it's already here have you not can i can I do a little teach preaching today how many's going to help me today look around is it any wonder That the church is allowing the kind of stuff that is going on in our culture. You know why? Because we no longer know what we believe. We think we say, we say the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And when somebody tries to tell somebody, well, the reason I believe that is because the Word of God says that. We have no way of telling them where the Word of God says that. Because we don't know what we believe. And if we don't know what we believe, then how in the world are we ever going to stand for truth? How are we ever going to see revival? Look at your neighbor telling you, you need to know what you believe. Are y'all going to help me this morning? Tell somebody else, you need to know what you believe. First thing on your notes is this. This is us. We believe. Uh-huh, write that word in there. We believe. This is us. Do you know what you believe? Do you know why you believe it? I know some of y'all know what you believe, but you don't know why you believe it. Do you know if it's in the Word of God or not? Because I got news where a lot of people think stuff's in the Word of God. It ain't even in the Word of God. They heard grand, granddaddy, they heard grandma tell them that. They heard it in a church service, and they ain't ever studied the Bible for themselves. You heard the worship team tell you today. It'd be great if you were having an hour worship encounter with God and listening to His Word on a daily basis, but let's be real, I probably don't need to ask for a show of hands of how many is spending 30 minutes a day with God. hmm You check your Facebook, you check your Instagram, you watch the news in the morning while you're drinking your coffee, you've got all your rituals that you do, but you can't take 15 minutes to read the Word of God. I'm preaching better than you shouting. You've got your life timed to the minute. You know exactly to the minute if there is no major accident on the road within a five minute window of how long it's going to take you to get out your door and get to your job. So you push it to the very limit. But yet, you can't make yourself Set your clock 30 minutes earlier so you can still get out at the exact same time that you need to get out to make it to your work at the exact time that you know it's going to take so that you would have enough time to spend with God. But if you're going on vacation, you'll set your clock to get you up. Are you hearing me? When you go, when you're excited about doing something that your flesh wants to do, even if you don't want to get up, you will get up for that, but you will not get up for what your spirit man needs. And I got news for you. The the flesh is temporal. The spirit man is eternal. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to help me. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Would you be able to give a response to someone tomorrow if they ask you, show me in the Bible why you believe in the virgin birth? Why you believe in this thing you called salvation? Can you show me in the Bible why you believe that you need to repent of your sins and give your heart to God? Or can you just say, well, you, that's the only way to salvation is repentance? Because I got news for you there's a generation of curious people and they are searching for truth. But the world knows their doctrine. They know that you ever watch the news? They all get the same memo. They all say the same thing. They got their talking points. No matter what channel you're watching, everybody, when the, when the latest thing on the news, whether you're a Republican a Democrat, liberal, conservative, whatever side of the aisle you're on, you all say almost word for word. They get their marching orders from headquarters. The church is the only place that's saying 10 million different things. When we got it right here in front of us that's been preserved for thousands of years if we just spend time in it, my God. Oh, I know after that worship and everything, y'all was expecting some sweet little word. I'm telling you right now, I'm in the groove right now in my life. I'm going to obey God whether you like it or not. I don't need I like your amens. I appreciate your amens. It helps me preach. It's like saying sickum to a dog. But I got news for you. I'll preach whether I get a sickum or not. 1 Peter three fifteen says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always, shout always, always, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. It is a commandment in the God's word that we're supposed to know what we believe and why we believe it. We don't want to just go to church. We thank God for a loving church. We thank God for an exciting environment. But if all we are is an exciting environment and a loving church and a loving place for people to come and feel welcomed and loved, then that's all we are is an exciting environment and a loving environment, and I'm thankful for both of them. There's nothing different than us, than the local country club or the local restaurant. You can go into a restaurant and feel welcomed and loved. You can go into a restaurant and it'd be exciting and have a band up there to move your emotions. Listen, We've got to be something more. That's the foundation. I've told you, we're always going to be that. But there has got to be a word in this house. The word of God has got to be preached. And you have got to receive that word of God in your life. He didn't, say, he didn't say he sent his LED lights or sent his screen and it healed them. He sent his check-in desk and it healed them. He sent his parking lot attendant and it healed them. I'm thankful for all of them. You know how I feel about that. But the Word of God said he sent his Word. Somebody shout his Word. He sent his Word and it healed them. Next thing on your notes is this. I'm going to go fast. We believe in the Bible. Now, listen, this is not a theological sermon. I'm not going to break down ecumenical and all these different ways and going back to, uh, you know, New Testament and Old Testament surveys and quoting things, which I could do. This is just a message where your pastor is declaring something out in the heavenlies. I'm speaking it out over the camera. I'm speaking it out over you right now. A few quick things that in this day of uncertainty, I don't want you to be uncertain where we stand as a church. I don't want you to be uncertain where your pastor stands. You may not agree with me, and that's fine. But there'll be no mistake after today where your pastor stands. Are you with me? Say amen. We believe in the Bible. The Bible is the most, readily book, most widely read book in all of the history of the world. It's been translated either in part or it's in entirety in over 2,000 languages. The Old Testament tells us, what does the Bible say about itself? The Old Testament says this in Exodus 31, 18. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, talking about Moses, he gave Moses two tablets of, his, of the testimony, tablets of stone written with what? The finger of God, in other words, the word of God in the Old Testament did not come from Moses, it came from God to Moses. Are you hearing me? The Bible goes on to say, Exodus 24 4 says that Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. In a similar manner, the prophets of the Old Testament state in their writings over five thousand times over five thousand times in the old testament are these four words thus says the lord are you thankful you go to a church where thus says the lord is still happening but i'm thankful that they wrote it down what the lord said in the new testament 2 Timothy 3.16 says the word, this about itself. The scripture says this about itself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. Woo! Y'all don't make me get some Ric Flair anointing up in here, y'all. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. archaeological, historical evidence of the Word of God. The Old Testament was written during a period that was a thousand-year period from 1400 B.C. to 450 B.C. Watch this. The way they copied these manuscripts was they didn't have a copier back then, so they had to write them line upon line. Now watch this. You would think that the oldest... Would uh, of of any kind of document would be the most valuable. But in Jewish culture, the youngest is the most valuable. Why? Because they accept that nothing that God ever instructed man to write has ever been changed in Hebraic uh, history. So the newer ones are in better shape. They're not falling apart. So therefore, they put as much quality and as much uh, credence on the youngest Jewish Old Testament writing as they did the original writing itself because they knew that that the Jewish people believed that God would strike them dead if they changed one word are you hearing me then, of course, came the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in the Qumran Caves in the northeast shore of the Dead Sea between 1947 and 1956. Watch this. These scrolls that were found in pots and buried in a cave contained complete Old Testament text and fragments. and many of them, Some of them contained every book of the Old Testament except for the book of Esther. The Dead Sea Scrolls are dated, written from between 200 BC to AD 70. When the scrolls were examined, watch this. It was discovered that the Dead Sea Scrolls were accurate with great precision. Listen. The biblical texts of the Dead Sea Scrolls were almost identical word for word to the Hebrew Masoretic text which the modern Bible is based on. With the exception of a few minor differences, only of a few spelling changes. The Dead Sea Scrolls demonstrated the reliability and faithful transmission of the Old Testament text. In other words we can be assured that we now have what was originally written. The Old Testament was well preserved and accurately handed down to us today. We have the Word of God. Hallelujah. The New Testament was written between A.D. 40 and 100. There is over 5,000, listen to this, ancient manuscripts or portions of manuscripts of every book in the New Testament. The earliest portion of these New Testament manuscripts are dated within mere decades of the original manuscripts. I could teach an entire series on this, but i got to go on. But watch this. What I'm trying to tell you is you can have confidence. That we have a book that was accurately passed down from generation to generation. I'm tired of hearing preachers say the word of God is fallible. The word of God was written by men, therefore we can't take it literal. Let me tell you something. I'm call me old fashioned. Call you want to, but I believe the Bible. I believe what is written in it. I believe I can do everything it says I can do. I believe I am everything it says I am. Are you hearing me? I believe in the Bible. Out, this is us. We believe in the Bible. Next thing on your notes is this. You having fun up there, Anthony? You having fun? Praise God. If y'all love Anthony. Give him some love up there. Next thing. That's right. Him and his wife most, was voted most romantic last night. I mean cutest couple no that was y'all that was y'all didn't mean to steal you joy that's the most romantic couple and there's our king and queen over there y'all but you are but you are cute Sandy said I'll let her say that about you am I cute thank you very much next thing in your notes is this here seems simple but a lot of churches have forsaken this we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he was born of a virgin. Come on, somebody. We believe he lived a sinless life. And at age 30, he began a ministry. We believe that he fought the devil face to face after he was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist in the river Jordan. And the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he fought the devil and he came down off that mountain with power, speaking repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He walked in the temple. We believe in Jesus Jesus Christ and he found the place where it was written and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We believe he left there and he went and hung out with his mama at a wedding and they ran out of wine. Come on somebody. And the mama said you better take care of the situation but Jesus said mama it ain't my time. She said boy what did I tell you? Go get make sure. And he turned the water into wine and he began a ministry that lasted three and a half years and at the end of three and a half years he told his disciples disciples. disciples, the son of man is going to suffer. He's going to be crucified and lifted up. But if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Oh, he that knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. Jesus Christ, sinless, never sinned in his life. The son of God, the son of man, nobody killed him. He laid down his life on the cross. They drove nails to his hands. They drove nails to his feet. They stuck a spear in his side, the crown of thorns on his head. And he hung naked and fully exposed with a name written above him, king of the Jews praise God he breathed his last breath but before he did he said it is finished praise God and when he said it is finished he bowed his head and he died they took his body off that cross they wrapped him in grave clothes they put him in a borrowed tomb praise God oh what kind of man is buried in a borrowed tomb only a man that says I just need it for a few days because three days later three days later Jesus came back from the dead showed himself by many infallible proofs for 40 days and then one day stand up on a mountain and he said i gotta go but tarry in jerusalem till you shall receive the promise of the father oh and his feet lifted up and he disappeared in the clouds and all the disciples were looking up crying and weeping and an angel said why stand you gazing for in like manners you've seen him go away he shall come again this is us we believe in jesus It ain't no nursery rhyme. He lived. He died. He came back from the dead. Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Somebody shout, this is us. We believe in Jesus. Oh, and by the way, we believe he's the only way to get to the Father. I didn't say it, he did. Next thing on your notes. We believe in the rapture of the church. Oh, nobody preaches on the rapture of the church anymore. Nobody preaches on Jesus coming again, but we believe that Jesus is coming again. Not only is it, that's but, but you've got to understand something. Here's where the confusion lies. Here's why people don't want to preach about it, because you got one crowd that preaches that the rapture doesn't exist, and and that there's something just called the second coming. We know there's something called the second coming, but I'm going to tell you, like I said, all this you ain't got to agree with. I'm just letting you know that there ain't going to be no doubt where I stand. So you ain't going to hear me preach anything other than this because this is what I believe and I've studied it for myself. Here's what I believe. I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. I ain't going to preach no long uh, prophetic message I could, but I can lay down upon you everything's going to happen during those seven years. But I'm going to show you something that you cannot, that we believe in the rapture of the church, and I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church for many reasons. Number one, you cannot separate the rapture. I know the word rapture is not in the Bible, but, the, but the, it's, it's, it's an English word of catching away. And the, the catching away certainly is in there. You, can't, you have to separate the rapture or the catching away of the saints from the second coming. Listen to this. The rapture, believers will meet Christ in the air. The second coming, Christ will return to the Mount of Olives with the believers. Are you hearing me? In the rapture, the Mount of Olives is never spoken to be changed. In the second coming, when Jesus comes back, the Mount of Olives is split and forms a valley in Jerusalem. In the rapture, living believers obtain glorified bodies. The second coming, living believers remain in the same bodies. The rapture, believers go to heaven. The second coming, glorified believers come back from heaven to earth to dwell for all eternity. The rapture, the world is left unjudged and they continue to live in sin for seven years of tribulation. When the second coming happens, the world is judged and righteousness is established. When the rapture happens, it depicts deliverance of the church from the wrath of God. When the second coming happens, it depicts deliverance of believers who have endured the wrath of God. When the rapture happens, the Bible says it can happen at any time. The second coming cannot happen at any time. Many signs must precede it. The rapture deals with only the saved. The second coming deals with both the saved and the unsaved. The rapture, Satan, when the rapture happens, Satan remains free. When the second coming happens, oh, here's your shouting line, Satan is bound in the bottomless pit and chained up and shut up. So don't tell me the second coming and the rapture are the same thing. The rapture is, the sky is described in the word of God as occurring any time without warning. But when the second coming happens, the Bible says preceding the second coming will be the revelation or the acknowledgement of the Antichrist. There'll be a peace treaty made with Israel. There'll be a rebuilding of the temple. There'll be many other things that has to happen before the second coming of Christ. Because in the second coming of Christ, when he puts his feet down on the, on the earth, is at the end of the tribulation period. But if I only had one reason, it'd be this. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says this. Listen to what the Word of God says. And to wait for His Son from heaven. Everybody say, from heaven. Whom He has raised from the dead. Even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. The tribulation period and the battle of Armageddon is the wrath of God. You want another one? 1 Thessalonians 5.9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Come on, you hear me? The wrath of God is not for us. I'm not saying that we won't be judged, but you don't want the wrath of God on your life. The wrath of God is reserved for the enemies of God. Are you with me, church? I know it's Sunday morning, but how many of you need to know the Word of God? I know you want me to preach some sermon that, where you can go home and have some little tweetable moment where you can tweet some cute little thing that I said. But let me tell you something. A lot of y'all ain't never even heard of the rapture until today. So if you don't know about the rapture, then you ain't looking for him. And if you ain't looking for him, you ain't, you ain't compelled to live for him. The Bible says that your garments be white and spotless. Your garments. Listen to this. If you study the book of Revelation, you'll find that the first three chapters of the book of Revelation deals with the, with the revelation of Jesus Christ in his glorified form, and then it deals with seven churches. These seven churches of Asia, those are known as seven churches of Asia, they were literal churches in the time of John's time when he was writing it, but all theologians, pretty much all theologians, agree that when you study history, you'll find that all seven of those churches are in order of the way of the ages of the church in which we have lived. The last two of the seven are Philadelphia and Laodicea. The church of Philadelphia is to believe to be the time around the time that America was formed and God began to expand territories around the world so the gospel could be preached. And that is why Philadelphia is called Philadelphia, quote unquote, the city of brotherly love, because they they believed at that time that they were the church of Philadelphia, which was a church of brotherly love. But how many of we've lost that brotherly love in this nation and around this world? Because the, set, the last stage is, is the seventh church, which is known as the church of Laodicea. And that's the one that's got the famous uh, line. And it says that he, he rebukes him and says, you're neither hot nor cold, but you are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, you will make me spew you out of my mouth. One translation says the state of the Laodicean church made God vomit. How many knows if there's ever been a time that the church has left the standards of the Word of God and it'll look nothing like it's supposed to look when it comes to really the power of God, the love of God, preaching the truth. Lukewarm. We want just enough to feel good about ourselves. We want to slide in the church. We want to stand in the back. We want to raise our hands. We want to have a 60-minute service. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to shake a few hands. And we want to go out to eat. And then we want to go home. And we want to sit in our recliner. And we want to feel so good about the fact that we went to church. But many of us refuse to be the church. You going to come back next Sunday? How many still loves you, pastor? Hands up, bands up. Hands up, bands up. Hands up, bands up. Hands up, bands up. Get your bands up. Get your bands up. Hands up, bands up. So I got my band. I'm all in. Watch what he said. When the Laodicean church is talked about in Revelation chapter 3. The very next chapter, right after the Laosian church is mentioned, which is the final church age, is Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And watch what he says. After these things, what things? The seven churches. After the seven church stages, I looked, watch this, and behold a door standing open, not on earth, but where? In heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. Y'all ever heard that? In the last trump, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Mm. Watch this. The first voice I heard sounded like a trumpet speaking with me. Come up here and then I will show you the things which must take place after this. So in my, my mind, without a doubt, Revelation chapter four, verse one, John saw a picture of the rapture. He saw the end of the final church age. He saw the heavens open up. He saw Jesus standing at the door. He heard Jesus say, a trumpet in, uh, uh, introduced him. And Jesus said, I'm not coming down here at that point. I need you to come up to me. That's where the word rapture happened. And he said, "As soon as you get up here, I'm going to show you the things that are going to start happening after that." And the moment John is in the presence of the Lord, we begin to see the seven years of tribulation unfold. I ain't, I ain't say you got to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I don't, got, I don't even say you got to believe in the rapture. But somebody say this: my pastor Amen. believes in the rapture. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna like the next one. I got 28 minutes. You ain't gonna like them. They don't get. They don't get sweeter. They get a little bit harder to swallow, are you ready? Am I your pastor? You remember what I told you the other day when I asked you if I was your spiritual father? Because you needed to make sure that I was because daddy got some things to say. The next one on your notes, we believe in sin. We believe in sin. We believe there's some things you can do that's actually sinful. Oh, but God's a loving God. He loves me just the way I am. Oh, He loves you so much. God loved you so much. How many of knows the world was in a, one of the most detrimental states that has ever existed with the Roman Empire and all the things that was happening there? He loved them. He loved them so much, He gave His Son to die for their sins. If we were okay, then why did He come? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. Somebody say, I'm an all. all. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. It's the one thing that we all have in common and nobody wants to talk about. You know why preachers don't want to talk about it? Because people that dabble a little dabble here, a little dabble, they want a little brill cream or or a little, uh, what's that stuff I use on my hair? What's that stuff? (laughs) Just for men, just for me. I'm not ashamed to say that I dye my hair, y'all. I ain't care. I don't care. I don't care. Dye my hair, dye my beard. If I didn't dye my hair and dye my beard, I look like Santa Claus up here, y'all. Little just for men. Y'all want a just for men Christianity. On the box it says See, it's supposed to be real sneaky. It's not true hair color in this sense. That's going to turn all your hair a different color. It leaves a little bit of gray in there, so it won't be as obvious. And it only takes five minutes. I know you ladies are upset. But that Brill Cream, some of y'all ain't never heard of Brill Cream, but I remember when those kids in the commercial said, a little dab do you?" They, they, they just want a little dab, man. Y'all want a Brill Cream, 5 minutes just for men? microwave you want to come in and and you don't you don't want to upset the apple cart because a lot of money people got some little side sin going on and as long as you make them feel that they're living their best life now they'll straddle that fence and they'll just keep putting stuff in the offering bucket but you'll run people off when you start preaching on sin Now, I tell you something. You might think there's something called fence straddling in the body of Christ. There is no such thing. You say I'm, he's been straddling the fence. Nope, nope. The Bible clearly says you're going to serve one or two masters. You're on one side or the other. When you walk over, you're playing with the devil. Abstain from the very appearance of evil is what the Word of God says. I'm preaching better than you shouting. If the church never preaches on the wages of sin, if your church—and by the way, I'm saying this on the camera because. I know where you go to church, praise God. But if your church don't ever preach ever on the wages of sin, you need to find a new church. Come on, join us. We ain't going to beat you up. We won't preach on sin all the time. We ain't going to beat you down. If we preach on sin, it's only for you to let you know that there ain't nothing you've ever done that's bigger than the grace of God. There's nothing you've ever done that's bigger than the blood of Jesus. Jesus. For the wages of sin, Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death. But come on, somebody not Sometimes that word "but" just changes everything. Yeah. But the gift of God is eternal life yeah. in Christ Jesus. In other words, he said, "You were born in sin, but if you accept Jesus, it don't matter. Your name's to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life." Oh, and by the way, while I'm sitting there talking about sin, I'll just take about 30 seconds and just tell you, we also believe in a place called hell. See, even some churches will preach on sin, but they still won't preach on hell because they'll say, how can a loving God make a place called hell and send people there? Study your Bible, actually read your Bible and you'll find that our loving God didn't create hell for us. The Bible clearly says hell was created for the devil and his fallen angels. But yet, because of our choices, the Bible says hell has to be enlarged daily. The reality is that if Jesus, the God of perfect love, tells us a place called heaven, you got to understand this about Jesus. Jesus personally, in your word, talks more about a place called hell than any other person in the Bible. Jesus talked more about a place called hell than any other person in all of the word of God. If you die without Jesus, sorry to tell you this, you're going to an eternal hell. Not a one-time show up and it's a bad day. It's eternity. The Bible says where the worm dieth not. Y'all ready for some good news? Next one. We believe in salvation. We believe in this church in salvation. We believe, we just read in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I also read in Romans 10, verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, I learned this scripture in the King James, whosoever, they used to say it this way, I'm a whosoever. Touch your neighbor and tell them you're a whosoever. I got news for if there's breath in your body. There's hope. What does that mean? What's the, what's the way to get saved? Thank you for asking. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 says this that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <laughs> for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation any saved folk in the house shout amen your grandma can't save you your granddaddy can't save you just cause you was a baby and somebody sprinkled something on you and dunked you in some water don't save you just cause some prophet spoke over you don't save you just cause you was born in the church and went to Sunday school and your granddaddy was the superintendent or your uncle was the pastor don't save you you must be born again What's happened to you, pastor? I'm stirred up, man. I'm running out of town. I'm 51 years old, baby. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Y'all don't shout, I'm going to throw this water on you. I'll, I'll do it. I've done, I've, I've done it before. I've done it before. Huh? I'll do it before. I'll do it. I ain't scared of none of you. I ain't scared of none. If you don't shout right now, I'll do it. I'll do it. Shout out. Shout out. Huh? You better shout up in this place. South, thank God I'm saved. <laughs> Sit down. Hey, give me that water. I need a water now. Give me, I'm serious. I need the water. I need a water. I'm thirsty. Give me the water. Give it, I don't care. You ain't got Coonies, do you? Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, you got got it on my tablet. It wasn't working anyway. (laughs) That's holy water. That is holy water. Now listen to me. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If there is a hell, then i got news for you, the better news of all news. Is there is a heaven. The old time preachers used to say it this way. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. The same Bible that tells you about a heaven. is the same Bible that tells you about a hell. I love when Jesus said. When they came back and they told him. Oh, all these great miracles are happening. The blinded eyes are open, the dead are even being raised, and demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus said, do not rejoice that demons are subject to my name, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Next thing on your notes is this. We believe in miracles. Do you still believe in miracles? If you believe in miracles, say, This is us. us. We believe in miracles. Mark 16, 15 through 18 says this, and he said this unto them Jesus is talking. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who is believed and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. Oh, wait a minute. We still believe in casting out devils. We still believe greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. I don't care if you start throwing up on me, spitting up on me, making things float through the air. I shall not be intimidated you think your little tactics is going to scare the God that's in me I bind you devil in the name of Jesus they will speak with new tongues got any people in here in speaking in tongues they'll take up serpents and I'm thankful that means accidentally don't you be one of them think, thinking we're one of them kind of churches Paul, Paul put it, Paul was trying to warm himself by the fire and one of them jumped out in his hand he shook that thing off in the fire he didn't play with it come on He didn't bring it out and just kiss it and just look look how much faith I got. You know what happened? He was a man of God and the thing still bit him. You bring a snake in here, you'll find out that you're in the state of Alabama. That's all I'm going to say because we got some folks in here to take care of it all around this house. That's all I'm going to say. drink any deadly thing and shall by no means hurt them. And I like that last line. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall. Do you still believe in praying for the sick? Do you still believe if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith and God will raise them up. Ain't got no problem with Tylenol and ibuprofen and cough medicine. But when we put more faith in the medicine cabinet than we do on the spoken words of a man or woman of God, we've missed the boat. Next thing on your notes. Y'all having fun? Was that refreshing when you get hit with the water? Was that awesome? Did it feel good? Feel good? Refreshing. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this emphatically. We are unashamed at Solid Rock Church that we believe that God is still moving in this day through His Spirit. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. You know how I know it? I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. I can feel. Come on. Do you, do you know that song? Son, we're going to have to teach you how to do a praise break. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Come on. Here we go. Get up on your feet, everybody. Everybody say, say God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. You know, come on. If I say, God's not dead, He's still alive. God's not dead, He's still alive. God's not dead, He's still alive. This is what we used to do when I was, I feel him in my hand, I feel him in my feet, I feel him in my hand. I feel him in my feet, yeah. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. You. I feel him all over me, yeah. (laughs) Sit down. I ain't through. That feel good? Did that feel good? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you to not have the knowledge. He goes on to say, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit for all. For to one is given a word of wisdom, to another, the spirit, to another, words of knowledge to the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles by the uh, to another prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills i got news for you he didn't stop wanting to give his gifts out praise god he still wants his gifts to operate we believe let me tell you something i'm not trying to be crude i'm not preaching against other churches but this is the truth there's a lot of Pentecostal churches of people going to Pentecostal churches that's in their doctrine and people have joined their church and serving in their church and don't even know they're going to a Pentecostal church. Amen. I've met them. I've met them. I know, cause I've talked to them I said, where do you go to church? Now tell them where they're going to church. And I'll say, okay. They say, yeah, you know, I was raised up, you know, I'm, nothing is Baptist. If you're Baptist, I'm not saying this, but this, this particular person said, yeah, I was raised in Baptist and you know what? I, that's the kind of church I like. I go to a Baptist church, and you know I don't, I don't go for all that other stuff. I go to a Baptist church. I said, now, where would you say you went to church at? They told me where they went to church. I said, you do realize that that's not a Baptist church? And they're like, they're like oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, me and all my friends have talked about it. We know they're part of the convention. And I'm like, um, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, I'm not being critical, but here's the reality. You ought to know. If you go into a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, you ought to know. You ought to be seeing something happen. You ought to be seeing some lives change. You ought to be seeing some healings happen. You ought to be seeing some deliverances. Am I preaching good? I got eleven minutes. Man, I'm working up an appetite too, baby. I'm hungry. Woo! I don't know where you're taking me today. Huh? It's got to be keto friendly, right? Come on. I ain't going no Jacks. Somebody say Jacks. I love Jacks. But I ain't got no Jacks on my mind. I got a steak on my mind. Although I would take Munoz, but every once in a while I got to go somewhere else. I love you Munoz, by the way. Next thing on your notes is this. We believe in the church. We believe in the local church. Say, this is us. Oh, that was weak. Say, this is us. Let me tell you something. The church was God's idea, not man's. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, and I say this to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. On Peter or on what Peter said? Because right before that, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the chosen one, his anointed one. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then right after he said, let me tell you something, Peter. What you just said, and your declaration and what you're going to do in the early church age is I'm going to build my, rock on that, my church on that, on that rock because you are the rock. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you something. I don't care how weak you think the church is. The devil will never defeat the church. And no matter what kind of state the church is in, there is a remnant. Let me tell you something, I don't care how bad it looks out there, there is a remnant. By the way, if you didn't know it, you're in the middle of one right now. There is a remnant who is crying out to God. Hebrews 10, 25, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some. In other words, he said, some people are already saying it's not important to go to church. He said, let me tell you something, You 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 can't live life and do life without your church, with your church family. Because it says, this is how you exhort one another. You lift one another up. And he said, let me tell you something else. So much more as you see the day. Notice D is capitalized. The day, meaning the day of the Lord. Judgment is coming. The return of the Lord is coming. The rapture of the church is coming. And the closer we see ourselves getting to that, the more we should be in church. Not the less. I love the church. The local church is the hope of the world. We know Jesus Christ. Listen, don't, don't be playing them religious games with me. I know Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, we're nothing. But here's how we find out about Jesus, the local church. Do you understand that every hospital, every major hospital that's ever been formed back in the beginning of this country was formed by the church? To this day, most hospitals are still owned by the church. Almost every major university, especially all of the Ivy League universities, were founded as theological schools. Harvard, Brown, Yale College, University. All of these famous universities that are now as most anti-God as you possibly can be on on many occasions. Has in their charter and statues on their property. Recognizing that they were started as ways to teach preachers how to be men of God. Theological sinners. Everything that's good about this world. Of reaching people. Taking care of the poor. Every system that we have that has now been turned over to the government used to be the church. But the church has relinquished it all. Is it any wonder that now the world tells the church what we're going to do? Tells us what we can preach and what we can't preach. Hmm? you got pastors. I hate to even call them that because they ain't pastors you got people who call themselves pastors, leaders, priests, and rabbis, standing out in the front of abortion clinics and blessing not the women who are suffering and going through very difficult decisions, but asking, I watched this video, asking God to anoint the abortionists and blessing the Planned Parenthood. I told y'all, I ain't playing. You can leave the church if you want to, man, because if you leave the church, I wouldn't you spiritual father. If you if you can't hear something like that and you leave the church and you get mad because I said that with no hate in me whatsoever, but trying to call the preachers out that's gonna stand before God and be judged, you were not with us, you were never this is us. Because I'm telling you right now, somebody's gotta say something. Somebody's gotta stand up and say something. Huh? I'm not talking about preaching hate. I'm saying anybody, ever, anywhere, any walk of life is welcome and would be loved in here. But somebody has got to preach what the Word of God says. You still love me? I pulled it off. Six minutes to go. The last one on your notes. Some of y'all looked at that when I first started and said, there ain't no way. I saw the look on your face. My wife was the first one. Ain't no way. Delayed too. Ain't no way. It ain't over yet. yet. That's true. But all that really matters in the Articles of corporation paragraph three, subsection two, paragraph three, says if I make my last point within five minutes, I'm good. We believe in the Great Commission. We believe that God has called us to get up off our rear end. Hands up, bands up. Hands up, bands up. You got a band? Get them up, get them up. Say this with me. I am on the serve team of this church. Starting next Sunday I am available to do anything this church needs me to do. Woo! Didn't I just bust you? Didn't I just trick you? Because I told you, I told you when you came and got this, that I didn't give it to you. You came and got it. And I said, don't come up here and get it if you ain't ready. So I've instructed Amy, Jim, Ray, Mac, CJ, other leaders in this house, When you need help, look for the bands and go find them and say, come here, I need you. Look at them and say, hey, I need to know if you're going through the growth track yet. If not, let me take you out here and sign you up right now. Because you got a band on, which means you said this is us, which means you told pastor you was ready to get stretched. And God has released my pastor to tell me to help you get stretched. So if you ain't ready to do it, first of all, I started to say take the band off. But let me tell you something. If you take the band off, you're lying against yourself. Because there's a reason why you came up here and got it. Because your spirit man says it's time. If you take it off and say, you know what, I don't care what pastor says. I'm just not ready for that. you listening to the devil and not the spirit. Because God brought you to come up here and get this. Because we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We got stuff that needs to be done. We got people that needs to be ministered to. Huh? We about to find out. The body of Christ is about to shine. Let me tell you what I've been praying every day. And what I want to speak over you right now. God is not sending Clint Brown, Rod Parson, and Perry Stone to this house for this house. He has sent them and others for this region. You need to hear me. God put us in this building for this moment. This is a region shaking. Countywide, northeast Alabama region, shaking moment. How many knows when an earthquake happens and you see it on the news? They say there was a 5.6 earthquake registered in wherever. And they stay. the next thing that comes out of their mouth is, it is believed that the epicenter was located somewhere around, and they'll name either a big or a little town, and sometimes it's out in the middle of nowhere, because the seismograph has determined that that is where it started, and then it emanated out. And then even after that, it causes aftershocks. With every shaking. There has to be an epicenter. I believe with all my heart that God is getting ready to release an epicenter in this building. I believe God is getting ready to release, come on somebody, a shaking. Did he not say that in the last days there'll be a shaking? Thank you, brother Fred, for standing up. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for standing up. If you are ready, get up on your feet right now. If you are ready, get up on your feet right now. Let me tell you where the shaking starts. You tell you where the shaking starts. The shaking doesn't start in this building on Sunday morning. The shaking is starting inside of you right now. Come on, He's shaking you right now. He's grabbing you right now and shaking you. He's saying, what are you going to do? When are you finally going to do it? Because I got news for you. If the epicenter of a region is going to be right here, When you let God shake you, then you become the epicenter of your family. Then all of a sudden, waves start hitting your spouse. Your spouse starts getting shook. Your kids start getting shook. Your neighborhood starts getting shook. Let me tell you something about an earthquake an earthquake can cause a lot of damage it can turn some things upside down but a lot of times there's some cities and some communities that were built back in the mud at hut age and those buildings couldn't stand it the bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken shall remain and some some towns are leveled in the natural Now sometimes they're never rebuilt, but a lot of times they're rebuilt and they're rebuilt better. But it would have never been rebuilt the right way without a shaking. But what happens is people will hide from the from the earthquake. They will get up under something and and sit there and wait. Because they're not prepared to be in it. And then when it stops, they run out in the street. And they think it's over. And then guess what happens? An aftershock. Some, earth, some places like Indonesia never stop rumbling. They're in the, the hotbed of earthquakes and volcanoes of the world. There's, there's never a week goes by that someone in Indonesia does not feel the ground shaking beneath them. If that can happen in the natural and we believe God that that can happen in the spiritual in this house. You're on another level, son. I got news for you: the expectations of knocking a home run has got to go, because if you strike out and bomb on the highest level of what you think you were capable of doing, it ain't gonna matter. Because if you give him everything you got. What, the, the, the performance side of it doesn't matter because there's a shaking in the people here that will respond to Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. Yeah. You can get up there on a Sunday morning and start singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Come on, keep it going. Yeah. No music. You sing too. Do you feel that? Why? me so. Did you feel it? You got to have lights and smoke. It's out of your heart. How do your belly shuffle a river?